The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. So, a report published uh, by the ESRI has recommended a second tier of child benefits. You might have heard Pat Kenny talking about it uh, this morning. It would be heavily means tested, and the point would be uh, to reduce chronic child poverty for the most vulnerable families uh, in Ireland. Joining me in studio to discuss is Tanya Ward, who's CEO of the Children's Rights Alliance, and Louise Bayless, spokesperson for Spark, Single Parents Acting for the Rights of Kids. Uh, you're both very welcome to studio. Thank you. And thanks a million uh, for coming into us. I know you were both uh, at this ESRI launch as well, so you're, you're well across the recommendation and the need for it. Uh, Tanya, you might just explain the rationale for us. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something that has floated around even since 2007, uh, 2010. And when the government looked at it in, in 2011, they looked at, should we have a second tier payment to help those families most in need? Now, at the time, they said no, because they said, look, it was there was feasibility issues and they weren't sure it would actually really help families. But what, what was interesting about this report from the SRI, I mean, they, they made some compelling arguments why you might introduce a new type of uh, child benefit or a new child income supplement. Um, so for, you know, there's 170,000 children at this moment in time in the stats that are at risk at poverty. And many of those families, I mean, their families may be on welfare, but they're also in low pay jobs and people on part time hours and people trying to make ends meet and trying to keep their heads above water and probably dealing with the pain of, of, of high rents. Um, and what they're suggesting is that, look, at the minute we have two other payments. We, if you're on welfare, you get an increase if you're on welfare to help the child. If you're if you're working a couple of hours, um, you can get the working family payment. And they're saying, look, you know, it's a disincentive if you keep on increasing the welfare payments for people to go and work. And it's also a disincentive uh, for people, let's say, who are getting that working family payment. Uh, if they increase their hours, they lose it. So why don't just get, take that off the table and just give this second tier payment to families on lower incomes, mean test it and they basically said that you'd have an extra 40,000 children uh, lift, you know taking them out of that risk of poverty group um, and they also said which is really interesting so listeners will be saying what about child benefit for the rest of us what, yes. what are they saying about that and they're saying don't increase it if you're actually your your aim is to deal with child poverty because it's very expensive in terms of because it's a universal measure. Everyone in the country would have to get it. And actually it has a marginal effect on those children and those families most in need in our society at the moment. And they're saying you have to do go much more targeted, go for where you know the people on the lowest incomes are. They're on welfare, they're in low pay jobs, they're in part time jobs. And actually, let's let's do a new payment. Let's look at a new payment, we think it's going to have a big effect on families. Louis, there'll be some people listening and they, and they might think, right, we've finally grasped the nettle of introducing the concept of means testing around this and should we go a little bit further? And you know, the kind of Michael O'Leary who's on everyone's TV screens and, and uh, today getting pied uh, by some protester in Brussels, you know, kind of uh, he's remarked on this before, he can, he said he said it kind of quite bluntly, I don't understand why I get child benefit from the government. Now, I know people say, well, it's not him getting it, it's the children getting it. That's yeah. the point of the universality of the payment. At the same time, some people would think, just just go the whole hog, fully grasp the nettle and actually means test it. Yeah, and, and I can see that argument, but I also see from, from a gender issue, a lot of women, that's their only independent income, especially in a society where we have such high childcare costs and such barriers to working. A lot of women, when they have two or three children, end up giving up work. Their only independent income is that child benefit. And that can be in, in a household 
household with 100,000 income, it is still that sense of freedom. And I've earned it. I've worked with it to take that from women, I think, and to also change the concept that we're not treating all children equally. I I would personally think it would be a wrong thing to take the universality of it. I do think, however, and there was very compelling evidence today, like, for instance, the report said that if they were to increase child benefit by 38 euro per month, it would cost the state 535 million a year. And there was such there was ways of getting at the you know at the deep levels of poverty the children really living in poverty at a much cheaper cheaper way and would be cost the state more and lift more children out of poverty so i do get that concept but what we saw last year in budget 23 was in in a way there was um that targeting approach to addressing child poverty was eliminated so for instance what i mean by that is child benefit there was as everybody knows, the additional payments of the one the one double payment and yeah. then the 100 euro. So in effect, there was 240 euro extra for every child in the state. For children who were on, depend, their parents are dependent on social welfare, they got the qualified child increase. That only increased by 104 euro, euro for the year. So why were we giving children who were in wealthy families 240 euro or middle income families but then for the poorest children, we had decided to give them 104 euro. So there are things about universality and targeted. Last year, we went wrong and we did the universal rather than targeted. Mm. This year, we really need to be clever. So anything like the discussion today was really important to start making those decisions and saying yeah. what is a society we want yeah. and how do we target those children in the poorest families? And it was interesting listening to the SRI today as well. Um, I mean, the research was funded by the uh, the, the child uh, the community, community foundation of Ireland. But what they said about those double payments of of, of uh, child benefit, they said, look, they probably help as a once off measure when there's a big surge in energy costs. But as as, as Louise said, they're not dealing with the systemic child poverty rates that we have. Yeah. I mean, there's no votes in investing in child poverty. But the effects, if you don't do it, I mean, what's going to happen for these children if we miss the boat? These are children that, you know, they go to school hungry, they find it hard now to get through the school day. Um, uh, it's probably very stressful at home for the parents. Um, what we know when we talk to children is they generally, they don't put more stress on their parents. They see they're struggling. They'll often not tell their parents when they need something, when they need a book or they need shoes. And they actually start removing themselves from their own social circle. So they'll stop going to birthday parties because they can't afford the present or they'll stop going to the cinema. They won't go to any of those kind of outings. So it's quite an isolated life for a child um, living through this. And, you know, if you live through this every year, particularly when you're very small children, a small child, Usually later on, then, yeah, you, you know, your life chances, your chance of getting a good job, good housing, all of that decreases. Mm. Uh, Louise, is there an argument, though, that the, the way to deal with those problems is 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 not direct transfers? It's rather investment in public and social services so that in, instead of kind of giving money to the family, you know, who, who are finding it hard to feed the kid three times a day or kids three times a day, it's that the kid will get breakfast and lunch and possibly even dinner in school three times Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, an approach where you do both. You cannot take um, income out of the, the uh, out of the discussion when you're talking about child poverty. People need discretionary spending. But you're right, we do need better investment in childcare services, better investment in housing, goes without saying. Um, and all of those things, a statutory child, child maintenance agency, an enforced child maintenance agency to lift children who are in lone parent families out of poverty, that would be all great things. But you definitely need to think of the income as well. People need discretionary payment. People have needs that that, and also just to, to feel included yeah. in society. Dignity, have, it, 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 it's dignity. dignity. Yeah. It's to be able to go to the cinema once a month with your child on the Wednesday when it's cheap, 
or Tuesday, whatever day is cheap. But, you know, it's, it's that ability yeah. to be able to do that. I think you have to do both. It can't be a one or, one or either. Is that where we're an outlier, though, Tanya, when you compare us to other countries? So we, we have a, kind of a, a relatively booming economy. We're an abundantly wealthy country, kind of relative oh, yeah. to the globe. Yeah. We absolutely yeah. are. Um, and even in the European context, our, our welfare rates are, are, are very generous. They're much more generous than our nearest neighbours, for example. Yeah. And yet then we have 170,000 children living in poverty. Yeah. You know, so it, it is... I mean, is that the explanation for the that that anomaly is that uh, it, it, amongst our neighbours, it is cheaper to access childcare, to feed your children, yeah. to 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 do things in the community. Unfortunately, historically, what we tended to do when we tried to address child poverty was we just focused on child benefit and we introduced the DESH program at school level, which is a great success, actually. Um, and then when you compare us to what happened in other countries, you know, like Italy and France were establishing early child care and education system, an earlier system in the 40s and 50s. You know, we didn't do that in Ireland. We um, were, and not, I don't want to kind of relitigate yeah. the past, but we, we just outsourced a lot of those social services to the church, effectively. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And the, the state didn't develop them. Um, and, you know, what, but you, what, what, you, what you can say, though, there's certainly a, a, a better awareness, I think, at national level and at government level, actually services make a big difference. So that's why you're seeing hot school meals being rolled out because again, we were anomaly. Like you get a hot school meal north of the border, and nearly, nearly in every country in Europe, hot school meals were parts of the day. Uh, free school books. Again, Ireland was an anomaly. Your books would be free, printed by the government in other countries. It's in amazing Europe. how that, that's and that's a simple thing, yeah. and it doesn't cost the state an arm and a leg, yeah. and it has made a profound difference yeah. in people's it, household budgets just yeah. this month re- gone by. It, it really did, and and it, and it's evidence. Big question: saying, Why we didn't do this yeah, years ago? I mean, St. Vincent de Paul issued their report, and they said for the first time ever calls were down in September they, yeah. you know going back to school so we know that there was a 14% reduction in calls from families looking for help at the back to school now the only caveat I would say to that is we know secondary school is where the books are really expensive and mm. we brought it in for primary school and yet the transition from people who are going into first year it's it's humongous you know it's huge yeah. and I do think if, if I was had a child in sixth class last year who went into first year I'd feel like I've missed out eight years paying my school books and I go in and, and I have to pay the thousand euro to get them into secondary school. Uh, well listen lots of people getting in touch I'm tired of listening to people saying we should means test child benefit my wife and I have good salaries however uh, with the cost of living and heating and electricity and mortgage payments we need the child benefit if we were means tested we wouldn't get it and we'd struggle even more your income's not always a reflection of your means somebody else is wondering how you, we classify poverty in Ireland There's a, there must be a metric there, is yeah there, there is a measurement there is they do a household survey um, where they ask uh, families 11 questions and that gives them a sense of deprivation so it's things like you know um, how, how often do you push um uh, f- uh, like say fish or chicken on the table uh, can you afford a piece of furniture when uh, when a piece of furniture disappears or breaks so different things are but there's, some of them are very basic like yeah. can you afford a winter coat can yeah. you afford to heat the house and yeah. well I totally take on board what that caller said about you know sometimes uh, deprivation can be in high income families mm. Th- those stats that that Tanya's talking about the, Europe- the EU Silk Report Survey on Income and Living Conditions show lone parents have deprivation rates of 43 point five percent compared to the general population and two parent families of seventeen point one percent. So three times higher. So that's where you really see deprivation yeah. rather than just income, yeah. rather than just, you know, salaries or media levels of poverty. When you look at the deprivation rate and you can see out of eleven different markers of deprivation and 
almost half yeah. of lone parents are suffering two or more because yeah. the idea is and, that and, you suffer two and, or more. And do, you know, do you know what though it is interesting with the caller uh, who's, who has two, you know, two good salaries but yeah. the child benefit is keeping their head above order. Look, a lot of those families at the middle, they're not, they don't feature in the child poverty stats because your income is also recorded. Yes. Um, and they could, you know, just about be holding on. So any tampering with the system could actually disadvantage Increase, yeah. a lot of families. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, really interesting discussion and thanks a million both of you uh, for coming into studio. Tanya Ward the CEO of the Children's Rights Alliance and Louise Bayless is a spokesperson for Spark Single Parents Acting for the Rights of uh, Kids. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.